Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to open your word, which many of your people around the world don't have. Help us to value the opportunity to open your word, whether it's here in church or at home or wherever it may be, so that we learn, we are encouraged, we are challenged, we are built up, and we are obedient. So speak to us today, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I thought that I would see if the national press had any good news. Not a lot. So I went to the Littlehampton Gazette. Controversial A27 plan consultation underway. That's been going on for years, so that's not exactly good news. And then I came across this very thin newspaper, which is actually called Good News. It's got some wonderful stories about lives being transformed by the work of the Lord Jesus. So that's got good news in it. And it's got some quizzes as well. How about these stories? Dead girl comes alive. Paralyzed man walks. Man with leprosy gets clean. Two blind men can now see. Children get a welcome. Little man's life transformed. Woman crippled for 18 years is healed. Demon-possessed boy is set free. Deaf men can hear and speak. An only son comes back to life. Men leave their jobs. And there are many more stories like that. And all these stories are true because of Jesus. Jesus brought this life-transforming power into the lives of these people when he was here on earth, and many, many more. And the incredible thing is that Jesus is still bringing transformation into people's lives today. And maybe you're sitting here thinking, well, maybe not yet for me. Well, maybe today. But for many of us, Jesus has transformed our lives. That doesn't mean to say we're perfect. Not yet. When we go to heaven, we will be. But Jesus is transforming people's lives every day around the world. And we can be part of that as we respond. But when you read these stories in the Bible, what Jesus is doing, do you remember how the Pharisees and the the Herodians and the teachers of the Lord reacted to Jesus. They wanted to kill him. The man who went about doing good, they wanted to kill because they didn't like what he was doing. But what about the reaction of others whose lives were being transformed? This is what some people said. Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. We've never seen anything like this. We have seen remarkable things today. The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. 
they went and spread the news about him all over that region. The man went away and began to tell how much Jesus had done for him. Who is this? The disciples asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Is not this the Messiah? Is not this the Christ? That's how people reacted in those days. And I guess that you could put your story within those people. Maybe you can sit there this morning and say, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Maybe you can sit there this morning and you can say, he's changed my life. Maybe you're sitting there this morning saying, I'm not sure. And the passage that we read gives us this good news that is transformation in our lives. Let me read it to you in the con contemporary English version. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us, and he has given us the work of making peace between himself and others. What we mean is that God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to the people of this world. And he has given us the work of sharing his message about peace. We were sent to speak for Christ, and God is begging us to listen to the message. We speak for Christ and sincerely ask you to make peace with God. Christ never sinned, but God treated him as a sinner so that Christ could make us acceptable to God. And if we just go into the first two verses of chapter 6, we read, We work together with God. NIV says we're co-workers with God. And we beg you to make good use of God's kindness to you. In the scriptures, God says, when the time came, I listened to you. And when you needed help, I came to save you. The time has come. This is the day to be saved. So there is good news to share, to declare today across our society, across our community. And if ever this good news was needed, it's today. When people are in despair. When people have lost hope. But there's a problem. Here is the problem. We've got a holy God on one side of a gulf fixed, and we've got sinful men and women on the other side, and we cannot get across to God. We cannot reach across to God. So many religions are trying to reach God, but they can't because of his holiness. And this great gulf is deep, and wide, and rough, and endless. 
And Jesus made it very clear. Narrow is the gate that leads to life, and few find it. But broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many people are on it. Is there a solution? Yes, here is the solution. There's still a holy God and sinful people on one side, on, on, on opposite sides, but in the middle, we've got the cross. And as Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross and he was nailed to the cross, one side of the cross was reaching a holy God and the other side of the cross was reaching sinful men and women and saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by me. So it's not a question of my working hard and working all the hours that God has given me so that he'll be pleased with me and say, come on in. No, I can't do that. He's done it for me. How's he done it? What is it about God that you and I can come into his presence? This is what God has done. And this is the good news. That God, the creator of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, in the beginning God made the heaven and the earth, God has come down to earth. I wasn't just an ordinary baby. That was God. In human form. God came as a baby boy. Can you, can, I, can you get hold of that? I can't. I find it difficult to understand. Sometimes difficult to explain. Tom was talking about sometimes it's difficult to explain to people. But the simplicity of it, even though it's so profound, is that God became one of us. Wow. And on the cross, he dealt with your sins and mine. So that when he became man, baby boy, and then he grew up and we read that he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus went to the cross to take your sins and mine on himself. He was alone. He was forsaken by God. He was forsaken by his friends, by his disciples. Yes, there were those around the cross, but he was forsaken by God. God, why have you forsaken me? I can cope with the fact that these people are going to run away. And some have already run away. But God, why you? And in that moment of darkness, in those hours of darkness, he took upon himself the full weight of the sins of the world once and for all. So that you and I don't have to work hard to have our sins forgiven because Jesus has done it for us. And that's the great news of the gospel that we proclaim. He was buried. 
And of course, many people thought, great, he's out of the way. That's it, end of story. And there are many people today who are wishing that he was out of the way, end of story. But he's not. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be here. If it was end of story, you and I would never have met each other. Oh, thank goodness for that, you may be saying. But we have met each other because God has met us in Christ and brought us into his family. And you and I are members of the fastest growing family of the world. Because every day, hundreds and hundreds of people around the world are becoming Christians as they accept Christ as their saviour. And the church, of the family of God, is expanding very, very quickly. But no, he's not left in the tomb. God raised him from the dead. He is alive today forevermore. So we don't have a saviour who's in a tomb. We have a saviour who's alive. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. You remember that chorus? He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Does he? And this is the good news. That God wants to make peace with you and me. He wants to forgive us our sins. He wants to give us his Holy Spirit so that we can live the Christian life. Which we can't do on our own. And Paul says in that reading we had in the NIV version, he won't count your sins against you. Wow. I was saying earlier this morning, when I used to, to, to get homework in and I would say to a child why haven't you done your homework again 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 and sometimes I would say to the parents as well but God doesn't do that he doesn't say you've done it again you've done it again you've done it again God says what have you done again I don't remember your sins I don't count your sins against you they're gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free and in my heart's a song. Where have they gone? Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. Thank God my sins are gone. There's no better news than that. There's no better news today that God loves me, that, God, that Christ died for me, that I can be reconciled to God and that the Holy Spirit can come into my life and help me to live the Christian life. End of story. Great. No. Why not? Because God wants you and I now to go and tell other people. Just going to the first verse of chapter 6, we are God's co-workers. God's co-workers and he wants us to share the good news with other people he wants us to show the good news with other people not necessarily speaking to them but being we all find it difficult but let's be the good news so that when somebody asks what's the difference about you we can then say it's Jesus who has made the difference in my life we are ambassadors for Christ. 
An ambassador represents somebody important. You and I as Christians are ambassadors for Christ. God is appealing through us to other people to be reconciled to God. We can't keep this good news to ourselves. And that's what passion for life is all about. How can we share this good news with one other person, with a group of people? How can we share this good news with each other? To encourage each other in that faith. This doesn't mean that we're all going to be suddenly involved in knocking on doors and pushing leaflets through letterboxes that suddenly clamp back on our fingers and we go, ouch. Because there's a work for Jesus that none but you can do. And none that I can do. We're part of his team. And therefore we can work together with God. Perhaps the most important part of Passion for Life is that we pray. That we pray for those on the coalface. That we pray for those who are organizing. That we pray for those who are producing information and resources. That we pray for our community, our schools, our homes, our shops, our offices, our police station, our ambulance station, our fire station, our hospitals, our doctor's surgeries. We pray that God will bring his light and bring his life into these places so that people will become Christians. Let me ask you a couple of questions as we finish. Have you made that commitment to follow Jesus? Have you made that commitment to say, Jesus, I need you as my Savior. Will you come into my life? He'll come in. He's waiting. He's not going to push his way in. He's just waiting for you to respond. Perhaps you haven't yet made that decision. I ask you, I plead with you this morning, don't get left out when Jesus comes back again to collect his church, his people. Because if you get left behind, he'll say, I don't know who you are. He's giving us the opportunity today to make that decision, to make that choice, to say, Lord Jesus, Come into my life and be my saviour from today on. Are you willing to get involved in sharing this good news with other people? Will you be an ambassador for Christ? Let's pray.